Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I'm joined with Joe748 and our guest today, Plazidy. Uh, Plazidy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, glad to have you, Joe748. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I need a beard trim, but I might do that later <laughs> today. <laughs> so yeah, what made you interested in in blackjack and card counting? Yeah, so um, I'll start from the beginning. So originally, um, this was a long time ago, like in middle school and high school, I was really into magic tricks, especially like card magic. And um, I never did it professionally or anything, but just like in front of friends and stuff. And I watched a lot of YouTube. Um, and then like a recommended video popped up. On, it was a blackjack apprenticeship for card counting. I guess there's maybe some overlap. And then I think it was a long time ago, like, like when you didn't even show your face, it was just like Ben on camera explaining, explaining, you know, high, low and basic strategy. And so just for fun, I was like, this was before I was 18. I just learned basic strategy and learned how to do the running count, but that's as far as I took it. Cause you know, they're just for fun. And then I just always had that on the back burner. I never really touched it again. And then I'll fast forward. Um, I went, you know, to college, I studied accounting and then I got, um, uh, I became a CPA and then I got a job at a big accounting firm. Um, I liked it, but what happened was basically, you know, we have busy times of the year where you work really long hours and, um, you know, it, during that period, it's not really that much fun, uh, working those long hours. And so some of my peers and coworkers, we just like joke around like, yeah, you know, this, like, you know, this January, February, March really sucks. And then I was at a training with all of them. We were just sort of, um, commiserating over that a little bit. And then they were like, um, uh, and they knew I did magic tricks. I think I did, I did magic for them. Like when I first met them and then they said like, Oh, Plaza, you should like move to Vegas and count cards. I was like, huh? I remember like a long time ago, I saw a video about that. Is that even possible today? And then, you know, I just started, saw your videos and just went down a rabbit hole from there and, uh, just basically started training a lot. Um, so I think it was like every morning before work for an hour, I do some sort of a drill and, you know, I was just really, I was all into card counting and, um, I just want to maybe do it full time one day, but, but I wanted to see about that. So. I mean, that's how initially I got introduced to it. So you got interested, you started training. How did you train? I did, um, I did a lot of things. I did the blackjack apprenticeship app. And I also did a lot of, um, just real train, like, you know, got a real deck of cards, real felt, real chips, and I just sort of deal to myself and, um, you know, check the running count. Um, thumb through the cards afterward. Um, I think a lot of people did. I also played like background slot music or, you know, ambient noise. Um, it was like deck estimation drills, dividing drills for true kind of conversion. It's just everything. I just, on a certain day, I just picked some, something to drill and, uh, eventually would put it all together, do all those things at the same time. And, uh, what, what was kind of the next step for you then? But I didn't want to like risk it all and like quit my job. So what I did with my work is actually I asked for a sabbatical, like a six month sabbatical. And um eventually they gave it to me. So that was pretty cool. And and this was sort of the idea of like, what would it be like if I went full time? Um and so that sort of and I was playing really low stakes at the time, and also I was trying to build up a bankroll. So I worked for another year at like two and a half, I think it was like almost two or three years. Wow at uh, my job just to build enough of a bankroll to like maybe like have a shot at like doing this full time. So after that, then I eventually met you, went all the way up to um, Seattle to start this uh, journey of six months. And uh, refresh my memory, how did your test out go? Well, I, I didn't ace it. <laughs> I think uh, I made a few mistakes, but I think I remember you telling me at the very end of it, okay, I think you have a beatable game or sorry, a, a winning game, but, uh, you still have a few mistakes to iron out. And, uh, I think I remember what the mistakes were. I think I, 
did a deviation wrong, 16 versus a nine. I think I hit it when I was supposed to surrender. Um, I remember that very well. And then I think I bought insurance at the wrong time. But uh, I think that was about it. And so I sort of, you know, just kept practicing even more after that. What made you want to do this so bad? Because you, you know, like you were driving five hours one way just to practice. Like what was, where did this energy come from that you wanted to pursue this so much? Well, well maybe the idea of doing it full time. I just hearing the stories, I sound like this would be a really cool lifestyle. So I just felt like it'd be a lot of fun. I love to travel. Um, yeah, just the whole idea enticed me. It sounds super exciting. Um, yeah, so that's why. How much did you hate your job on a scale of one to 10? You know, I didn't hate it. Um, I, maybe five. There are a lot of good parts of the job. And then there's um, the, the only real part I hated was just the long hours. Like I just, and, and that what appeals to me about card counting is the freedom. So obviously choosing your own hours, that was a big uh, appeal. So but I always warn people don't, you know, don't try to do this full time because you hate your job. Do it maybe because you love AP or you really like AP. Uh, so I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think there can be a romanticizing of, Oh, I'm going to, and I, I think I had those same thoughts. Like, you know, I'm going to be in this sexy high limits room and, you know, just take money from them and, you know, they're going to treat me like a king and yeah, I'll get it back off here and there, but it's a, it's a different kind of grind. Absolutely. It's, it's a grind and there's some low points also. It's not um, perfect all the time. When you met with me, was that the beginning of your six month sabbatical? That's right. And so that was the beginning of it. Yeah. What was your bankroll size then? I was playing a little, I raised the stakes a little bit, um, beyond red shipping i think i was pretending that like i had my bank rolls around fifteen thousand. i think i was going two by 150 maybe a little off on that but then once i after you know this is after our test out and then i could bet a little more but i just didn't do it yet and so maybe after about a month then i increased the stakes to like my full potential of what i had so i think i had 25k i think i was going two by 200 or maybe two by 250 and um i had about three months of expenses so i was like okay full steam ahead i'm gonna go for it um that's why i decided that's what i went with and what what happened you know it's been a wild ride so i had initial good variance and then um i had a a downswing and i think this is almost the end of my six month sabbatical where i had to like return to work and i had a sort of decision to make is like um i did like the lifestyle a lot i did and I was like a fun part of the country also. So I enjoyed sightseeing and I, I liked it a lot. Um, I was under EV a lot, but I still was positive. So I thought to myself, well, you know, after I think I was at like 200 hours or so. No, I was a lot more probably. I have to look those six months. It was a lot more than that, but I was still positive. It was like a lot of other gamblers would be negative. I must be doing something a little bit right. And you know, I do the test outs on the app. So I just sort of believed in what I was doing and I was just doing all the right steps. And so I just sort of left my job and kept going. So the, end and, of, uh, the end of the sabbatical, you said, actually, I'm not coming back. Yeah. I mean, that was always the plan. It sounds bad, but it's just sort of that safety net, you know, if mm-hmm. things go really bad, I can always go back to it. So that's right. Uh, yeah, that's what I did. When you quit that full-time job, how much were you up at that point in your blackjack winnings? Not a lot. I think it was around ten thousand. But I so mean, yeah, it's all relative. It's all relative. Um, Did you just have yeah. confidence that you were going to make more eventually, or you were just yeah? Uh, I wasn't confident, but I I think I would have. You know, more likely than not, I would have. And um, I thought to myself, oh, I can always. I was in a stable industry, also. I worst case, I get another job. Um, you know, I do several interviews, but I, I knew I could do it. I still had a backup plan, you know, so I was more confident than not that it would work out. That's the way I thought about it. So at that point, you said you had three months of living expenses, but this was six months off. 
Yeah. So I think what I did is I did size down a little bit and I did um, reinvest some of my winnings into this, my expenses. So it, it was dwindling for sure, but I still had, I still had a plan basically. I think I had a lower bet spread. May I went back to two by 200 and uh, yeah, so I did make it work out. And what size bankroll were you playing off of then when you, when you quit the job? Probably around 20. Okay. Yeah. And I did get some money from work as well. Like some bonuses. Um, <laughs> I think they forgot to, to take me off of payroll. Um, so that helped a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't say anything though. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was reduced for sure, but I still got some compensation, which was nice, which was not part of like the leave of absence agreement. Yeah. So, so you're probably generating around 50 to a hundred an hour then in that. That sounds about right. Range. Yeah. Maybe a little under a hundred an hour. Mm-hmm. And the thought was, okay, I'm going to play enough hours that I can both grow the bankroll and cover living expenses. And yes, did that for another six months and then a pandemic hit. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. So that, I think that timeline is about right. I did. I went on a pretty good run actually. And up until, till was March, 2020, um, I think my winnings were, I think around 60, thousand oh, wow. so, so i think i went on a really good run and i sized up um so i didn't really mind it so much yeah i, I left on a high note yeah um, so that helped helps your morale for sure yeah so you, you won about ten thousand a month for for six months and then and then then everything shut down uh did you head back out on the road right away or did you take some time before playing again, when things started opening up, I pretty much went right back on the road. So, what was your approach like? Um, how much would you play? How much would you take off, or were you just full time like road warrior, just go until you're tired? I think I'm not as aggressive as some people. I do like I take um, maybe a day off or so every once a week. Um, I don't, and also I don't do. Actually, at that time, I didn't do marathon sessions. I think only later in my career, I started realizing that, hey, if the casino is letting me play, I just need to, I just need to stay, you know, and get as many hours as I can. Um, I think then it would be like, okay, like I play for a few hours, take a lunch break, go back at it for a few hours, call it a night. Um, so not as super intense as some, some people. Um, that's changed since then. And did you feel like there was a difference um, as far as tolerance in casinos right after they reopened or not, not measurably? Um, I can't really measurably say so. Also the South was pretty sweaty (laughs) in general, but I did get some time in um, more than I thought at some places. Um, Really hard to say actually. Speaking of those uh, marathon sessions, do you do you remember like where's the longest someone's let you play for continuously? Like in a day, or um, like how much the casinos let me play? Like overall, maybe over several days, or if a casino is letting me play, I think uh, I usually do four days. And sometimes I found is like you know by the fifth day, it just kind of looks weird that you're there again. It's like this here again. Like don't you have something to do? Um, so if a casino's letting me play, I hit it hard. That's just my strategy. Take a break or do something else and then come back maybe a few days later. Um, so that's my, I've been approached the casino lets me play, which is personally what I do. Do you primarily drive places or do you fly and get a rental car? Primarily drive. So I think it's just a huge help. So you're saving on the rental car, you're saving on the flight. Um, so I drive everywhere. I do fly, um, when like special situations where you want to be somewhere at a moment's notice or, um, anything like that. It has happened a handful of times where it's like, if you want this to happen, you have to fly over there. So mostly driving. Do you feel like that's been a problem with license plate readers? 
maybe, but uh, I do a lot of parking off property. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of, uh, you know, very strange walks on the highway to <laughs> get to I've where you're going. <laughs> um, yeah, I've done more and more, like, especially now. I didn't, I wish I did that more early on, but now if I can do it, I do it or I just find a way for them to avoid yeah. me with my license cheap, plate. Cheap Uber, you know. <laughs> It's I've like done that, less, yes. <laughs> less than a, can be less than a tip, you know. Exactly. It's it's all yeah, would you pay like fifteen dollars for you know to get a few hours here for sure. What's your approach like if you're in a in a certain city or something and let's say there's like ten casinos and you've already been backed off like three or four, will you just go to the remaining six or is there any point where you just give up? You're like, they're just flying away too much. I'm just gonna keep driving. It's both. So I think just from asking around, I'll get a sense um, what people's experience was. Sometimes I will play it all out. Sometimes I won't. I'll, I'll leave town. Um, so it's always a hard decision to make. Um, I'm not totally like brute force play every single thing. It's sort of um, in the middle. I'll do both. I'll just, it's always a hard decision. Like people say, yeah, they fly or some people say, well, I, in my experience, it didn't happen to me. It's kind of a toss-up. And you you said that, you know, you started off winning right away, and then you went through a pretty discouraging downswing. Um, have you had any other big break-even streaks or losing streaks? No. So I think, well, <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, so I had a, a break-even streak. I think it was, you know, from all-time high to all-time high, it was about 300 hours. And... Um, those were the two biggest things. Um, I had a pretty bad losing streak, made it back. And then I think I told you I made a 60 K and then I had a, right after that, like a 300 hour break even. And then pretty much the rest of my career, it's actually been a steady increase, like no major, I'm pretty fortunate, no major losing or break even. It's just kind of a, I mean, I have big winning and losing sessions, but if you look on the graph, it's kind of smooth. How many hours total is that you're talking so, about here? So, for straight counting, I've I just looked at about fifteen hundred. Um, like with table time on other things and um, stuff like that, it's been around two thousand, a little over two thousand. Interesting, yeah. So about five hundred hours a year. Yeah, um, I definitely little... played a lot more early on, but I think I think now I'm also doing other stuff, and so my hours they're not as much as they used to be. But I'm still like working pretty hard and doing things. But uh, yeah, I think if you average it out, it'll be 500 a year. Yeah. So when you're on the road, you know, continuously for a long time, what's your approach to eating? Yeah, I'm pretty proud of this. I think I have like the optimal AP way to eat on the road, I think. So I guess you're when you're eating on the road, you're, you want to balance like quality, uh, how fast it is and how cheap it is. Um, I'm all, all about efficiency. Like when you're in the beginning, you know, I eat out th three meals a day and that a couple of things that kind of, um, it can be kind of expensive and you're taking time out of your day to go eat. Um, and also with eating three meals a day, um, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you take, I take a lunch break and sometimes like if you're at a casino and leave, you know, they're still evaluating you while you're eating or something. And, you know, it will happen a few times. I come back and they say, sorry, we evaluated you. You can no longer play here, you know? So I'm kind of have the mindset now, like, um, I'm not going to leave until they make me leave, you know? So I say, okay, let's do it two meals a day. I eat right before I go. I eat when I'm done. And, um, and so I think another tip I got from an AP was buffets, um, I mean, casino buffets, but just like also buffets in general. So I found I eat a lot of uh, Golden Corral. And so I think during lunch, they have like all you eat buffet for like $10 in most major cities. So I found that to be pretty good. Um, I eat a huge meal, have your big meal at lunch. And then um, you can also eat pretty healthy there. Um, maybe it's not the highest quality food, but I mean, you can switch it up. And you can eat a lot of food and you can eat pretty healthy. They have veggies, protein, rice, sweet potatoes. And uh, in the evening, what else what I'll do is 
a lot of times late at night, there's not really healthy options. You know, there's like a McDonald's or Taco Bell or a gas station. And so I'll just use do groceries, like non-perishables. So I found what works for me is like what fruits and vegetables stay good unrefrigerated. So I do a lot of apples, peppers. Um, also, I do a lot of canned food. So like you can do canned chicken, mm-hmm. canned fish, get some canned veggies, mix it up, put it in the microwave, throw some seasoning on it. It's not, you know, yeah. not terrible. <laughs> and uh, what else? Yeah, there's different things you can do. Um, soup. Um, I do like camping meals sometimes, like the freeze-dried, freeze-dried food. It also saves time too. Like I don't have to like after my session, go find somewhere to eat, go to the hotel. It's just like I can go straight to the hotel and whip out my food and you know it's ready pretty quickly and it's cheap so that's been my approach are you yeah. paying for hotels everywhere or are you getting any comps along the way not as much as anymore um nowadays pretty much exclusively i pay for my hotels and um, i do say i think what something i learned i use a lot of the the apps like priceline hotwire where they um have the mystery deals so I do a lot of the mystery deals where you get, you know, you don't know what hotel you're going to get, but you get a reduced rate. And oftentimes you can figure out what the hotel is. If you just like look at the pictures, look on Google maps and sort of like narrow it down what you're getting. Cause sometimes, you know, it could be a surprise. And most, most hotels have a, a microwave. So it seems like That's right. you're staying away from the fried foods and the desserts. And I try, but uh, yeah, I, I, I splurge every once in a while, but, yeah, I think it's huge. Yeah, not to, it could definitely like affect the way you think and get your energy really low if you eat badly. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and sleep. I just read this thing about like they're now treating sleep on a similar level to like blood pressure and some other major things as far as like, uh, can't like what can be tied to cancer. They're, so they're, they're discovering how important sleep is. And I know that's tough for an AP you know, like sleep weird hours, but, um, if nothing else to like people listening, hopefully say, Hey, there's a value to making sure I'm getting, I'm getting sleep, not trying to live off of, you know, three hours of sleep a night or at least, you know, recover well after a trip, maybe. Yeah, I definitely do that. I like to, I do sleep in a lot. Um, yeah, it's important, which is one perk of this. Yeah. You, you have the freedom to do that. So it's great. What's like your typical daily routine? Like when you wait, like what time do you wake up and then kind of how does the day progress from there? Yeah. So, you know, before checkout, I'll wake up, um, an hour before have some of the hotel coffee, uh, packets, uh, I'll do that. And then, um, always what I do also is I go to the gym pretty much every day. Uh, right, right after I check out or get up in the morning, I try to just get it out of the way. Um, I use it. I saw people APs use Planet Fitness. I use Anytime Fitness. Mm-hmm. They're a bit more expensive, but I think there's slightly more of them in the US. So it's like a slightly better shot of getting one close to you. I do that. Then I usually head over to the local Golden Corral, have my huge buffet. And then, you know, I'm, I worked out, had, had my big meal. I mean, I'm ready for. I do that. Like I'm ready for any potential long session, you know, basically if I play anywhere, I'm going to be like, okay, I can afford to sit here or I can spend my whole day here if needed and spend long hours here. I don't like the idea of like, Oh, I can only play for a few hours and then I have to go do this other thing. So I like to you know, be full, have my workout in, and then I'll just drive to the casino, uh, whether it's I have to drive to another town or it's in the same town and I'll just play as, as long as I can basically. And then whenever I'm done, um, just go back to the hotel. That's sort of my standard day. I want to take a quick moment and talk about the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership. If you haven't checked it out, you really don't know what you're missing. There is everything you need to train, find community, and get the tools you need as a card counter. There's a test out drill in the training suite. And if you aren't testing your skills regularly, you really shouldn't be playing a casino. There's an entire video course that covers the basics all the way to more advanced stuff like cover, team play, casino relations. 
There's betting software, a forum, a chat room with regional chat rooms to meet with local APs, as well as results tracking software and members-only podcasts. So check it out at blackjackapprenticeship.com. Hey, usually. And you're um, four years in. How do you feel about it now compared to when you got started? Well, I think there's definitely a lot more excitement early on. It's kind of like, this is all brand new. Um, it's this freedom's like so great. I'm, you know, it's all fresh. And, uh, also with smaller stakes, you know, you aren't literally fighting for your life, but every session feels like, wow, I just won this amount. Like this is huge. I can roll my bankroll by this much. Maybe nowadays, um, if I have a big winning or losing session, it's like, well, that's great. Um, but my life's still the same. Like, um, I'm still gonna, uh, do my same daily routine the next day. I'm still going to watch my Netflix show. I'm still going to go to the Golden Corral. I'm still going to do all that. So, um, but I still like it. So the initial excitement's kind of gone, but I still love it. And, uh, I still feel good about it. I don't want to be a road warrior forever though. Definitely. Eventually I want to settle down. Um, and just maybe take trips on the side or have like an apartment or house. And then I'll maybe I feel a good, if I feel like I'm in a good enough spot with my bankroll, I'd, you know, rent a car and take flights. So what are, what are some of the bigger challenges that you face right now being a full-time AP? I thought about this. I don't, I may have an answer. Maybe most people don't think or don't think about is probably decision fatigue. Like, um, a lot of times as a full-time AP, you have a lot of decisions to make. Like, um, you can just take counting as an example, just, okay, you have this information about this casino. Um, what should my bet spread be? Like, do people say they flyer? Um, what casinos do they flyer to? And like you mentioned earlier, oh, I've been backed off from this property. What do I do now? And, uh, it's not always the right answer. And, um, you know, what markets to play. Um, you can think of a lot of examples. I feel like I just make so many decisions every day. And um, that can be a great thing. I do like it. But then, you know, sometimes you have a lot of decisions to make and can add up. Man, that's such a good point. Like, advantage play is so much more than the time at the table. You know, obviously, you got to like get that skill down. But that's just to like, you know, be able to play the game. Um, I don't, I play very little blackjack. I mean, casinos very little at this point, but I, I played in, in Vegas like a month ago and it it was like, you know, I'll do this like once or twice a year, get out there and play. And it brings back all those, all those thoughts. Like, should I play here or conditions aren't that great? Should I go to this other place? Then you, you know, you go to the other place and it's like, conditions are good, but, uh, did they recognize me? Or, you know, just a million things. Should I park here or there? And should I play play now yes. or later? Um, and, you know, five million things that you're constantly evaluating while doing the job. Exactly. And uh, like the penetration changes. I was like, okay, should I keep playing? Um, is it worth it? Uh, you know, am I yeah. feeling good? You know, all these things. You know, I was thinking when you were talking about uh, those long break 300 hour break even streak and and early on you can get kind of obsessed or i i see this with with people um getting obsessed with the next all-time high and i'm i'm always thinking about stanford wong i can't remember if it's 1.3 1.7 percent of the time you're only at your all-time high like one percent of the time roughly and so you spend 99 percent of the time like obsessing about getting back to that 1%. And I think that, you know, maybe I was a little bit fortunate that when I was playing, it was all about the bankroll. Like we're on this bankroll. And so it's not like, when, when are we going to be at a specific all-time high, but where are we at in this one, two, three month chunk of time? And it's a different kind of obsessing, but man, if you spend all your energy just obsessed with that next all-time high, you're going to be frustrated 99% of the time rather than saying like, okay, yeah, you can be happy, sad about a, an individual session. But I think when you get further into it, 
yeah, the goal is to reach new all-time highs, but you're not as singularly focused on that that 1%. Would, would you say that now, four years in? Yeah, um, you could drive yourself crazy. Yeah, focus on it. Or, you know, Also, you know, your happiness level is determined by how big your bankroll is. Um, I, you know, I try to separate myself from it, but sometimes you have human nature where you still kind of think about it. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, you're all, all time high very often. So I, I don't yeah, know, I like, what do you guys think would be a better way for people to think about it? I, I was thinking maybe when you reach an all time high, be, for, this is for the solo player. That's not playing on a team. Be like, okay, that's the end of a quote unquote bankroll. Maybe go out to somewhere fancier than golden corral to celebrate and then say, all right, it's going to be one, two, three hundred hours till like, that's what I'm emotionally prepared for before the next one. If it happens in one session, great. But to say, all right, reach that milestone. Now it's back to work for a couple hundred hours before I'm expecting that next all time high. I don't know what, Joe some for eight. You've played a crap ton of blackjack. What what do you think is a? How did you think about that? Because I see people on on our forum or whatever lamenting. Ah, oh, I reached my all time high and then it went straight down. You know how how did you think about this stuff? I think I just I didn't focus on the actual all time high number as much or getting back to. Well, it was more like I want to outrun, outpace the N zero or some unforeseen losing streak or break even streak it's like i just want to get back like yeah i'll maybe like take a day or half a day to like enjoy oh wow it feels nice to be back at this all-time high but then out right after that next morning i'm just like i gotta play more hours and get ahead of the curve here you know it's less about getting back to that high i think but just more about grinding out the hours and I think so. Yeah. Um, I always did have like a milestone. I think initially it was like every 10 K increment of your all time high. It's like, I think you're right. Like calling it. Yeah. It could take another 200, 100, 300 hours potentially to get back to make your next, um, milestone. And I think I did always acknowledge every milestone. Like hey, this feels good, but you know, and, and also I view everything as, you can almost view it as predetermined. Like, Oh, I have to get, through this break even or losing streak, it's it's gonna happen. I just have to I want to get it over with as fast as possible. Yeah. To reach the next milestone. Um it's just like it's it's it will happen and I just have to do it. So one of the interesting things you you've done is some credit card churning um to to help with your travel expenses. Can you tell us about that experiment, how it went, what you did? Yeah, I definitely um don't do it anymore. I did it early on. I, uh, I think I just, um, got a few, I think three credit cards and just did their sign up bonus. And, um, it was the chase. I think they called it the chase trifecta where there's three credit cards, travel credit cards, and, you know, it really reduces your, or increases your cash back value. You can redeem it on travel, but during COVID, which was great, they, people weren't flying. And so you could redeem all your points um, for, for food. And, you know, I was eating out a crap ton. So, um, basically how it works, let me, I don't know if I can explain it, uh, with the chase system, you get, um, like say with this credit card, you get 3%, uh, cash back, or you can get a 1.5 X boost. So that'd be three times 1.5 is 4.5%, um, redeemed for flights, but because of COVID you could redeem it for food. So you're getting like extra cash back um for food and i always maximize it every single month basically and this lasted all the way i think up until 20 beginning of this year i think they, they stopped it finally and said okay you have to use it for flights you can't use this boost for um food anymore and i think their sign up bonus the chase sapphire i was like i think it was i got it at their best moment it was like a thousand dollars and then um these two other cars, the Chase Freedom and the Chase Freedom Unlimited, I believe each one of them is around $200. And I always met the yeah. spending requirement because you're spending a crap ton on travel. So I guess you're an AP, you can pretty, if you're especially a full-time traveling AP, you can always 
no problem getting the spending requirement. Um, and uh, I am flying a lot more now. I am able to redeem the, the points. Um, you might be flying a lot, and so you can always get that boost in value. So I think it's pretty good for APs. I sort of slow down because um, I'm away from home a lot, and then they mail the card to you, and it's just kind of a hassle. I have to like figure out a way to get the card, to get the card number. And uh, but early on, it definitely helped a lot. I don't know if you're able to follow all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I'm not like huge into the credit card game, but uh, I definitely, you know, uh, back in the day we do sign up bonus stuff, and I still do, and and then I do the uh, Amex Platinum, <clears throat> and you know I have quite a bit of business spending, and so I, I use the points for gift cards, um, like Home Depot. I'm always gonna you know be able to spend something. There, there's a few places you get like really good return for it, and then every year that I'm supposed to get charged for the credit card, but I just tell them, Hey, I'm going to cancel it. I figured out you can do it through chat now. Like I don't oh, even yeah. have to talk to a person. I can just do the chat thing and be like, Hey, I'm going to cancel. And then they're like, Oh, if you keep it, you know, basically we're going to give you so many points that the card's free. Um, so I'm not, I'm not hustling. Yeah. I'm I did that one like some people, too. but, but I'm still, you know, an NAP with my credit card game. Yeah, you know, if I see a really enticing offer, you know, yeah. maybe I'll do it. Um, I did do the gift card thing. I think one of the gift cards, a lot of the credit cards have rotating quarters. And so, and that would be like a $500 max, like at Amazon or Walmart. And you just buy a $500 Walmart gift card. So, you know, you have to keep track of it, though, and make sure you use it all. So, definitely an AP. I knew move. someone that um, with, with uh, we have a grocery store chain up here that always has gas stations connected to them. And based on your spending, you get, you know, like more, you can get up to like a dollar off a gallon if you spend enough. And so they were buying gift cards to max out the, the uh, gas money because they had an RV. So they're getting a dollar off a gallon <laughs> wherever, because they, they would just max out these <laughs> Amazon gift cards that they're going to spend, you know, spend buy stuff with anyway i was like oh that's that's a creative move i haven't really uh i haven't done it but i should probably probably look into it try to get that dollar off a gallon i mean i don't drive as much as as uh full-time ap's anymore but have you had any legal issues on uh during your career no um no i actually haven't um the only thing I've had, I think I've had one back room and I think I sort of, I mean, I like whatever you guys think. I mean, I think it was really hard to get out of. It was, um, it was tribal and I had over 10,000 in chips and they said, um, at first I tried to leave. Like I actually got approached. My back office was from tribal police. They tapped me on the shoulder. They said, we need to see your ID. And I said, no, I don't have it. And then I think I started walking out. And they said, well, if you, um, if you leave right now, you can never come back. And so I was like, okay, they're 86 in me now. And I really don't have, and this is a really remote part of the country. I don't know anyone who would cash out my chips for me. And, you know, I really felt in a bind. So I didn't really want to go through the big headache of fighting this. And I just did it. You know, it's like, hey, here's my ID. You know, if you can take a picture of me. Yeah. And then there's... The cat and they, I just did it. Yeah, they cashed me out and I was over, it was done with. Yeah, it's those remote places you just gotta suck it up, get the money, you know. Uh, but you said you were back roomed or, yeah, yeah, they said you have to, in order to cash you out, where you're gonna have to go okay. with us to this room. Yeah, that's an, yeah. that's a little scary yeah. solo, like you know, yeah, it's, I mean, I knew they weren't gonna like beat me up or anything, but. I mean, all it was, they took a picture of me. Um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much had to do what they wanted to do. I had a situation like that, too, where they took me in the back room and they they wanted to get a picture of me. So they're like, you have to look up that at that camera. And that I kept like making all these crazy faces <laughs> and I wouldn't have my face straight. I would just like deform my face and squint and go back and forth. And they the whole entire time, 
and they still let me cash out after that. <laughs> oh that's good i really thought about that but i was like they're gonna get even more upset with me if i try that i, I was thinking about it yeah like cross your eyes and oh, weird smile man i want to see the video <laughs> yeah hopefully we get it one day oh man so what about relationships you know being being on the road so much how do you you know stay connected with people and all that i would say for me actually i don't really mind the alone time um i was kind of an introvert but i think everyone still needs that human connection so i mean it happens to me you get lonely on the road so i mean your network is huge uh meeting up with people um other ap's you know or family and friends in certain areas of the u.s that did that a lot that always helps um and I did have a girlfriend who was with me and would go on trips with me a lot. Um, that always helped. And that's, that's really hard to find. Um, so it's manageable, you know, um, if you have a good network I, and you don't really mind a lot of alone time on the road. Um, that worked for me. So that's how I deal with it. Did, did she, did she work remotely or how, how was she able to travel with you? Okay. Remote. Yeah. She worked. So four years in, what advice do you wish you would have had before starting this uh, this endeavor, this career? The advice I'd give is to be realistic about the number of hours you're going to get going full time. Um, not only um, how you know tolerant a casino is and how much you're physically able to get in, but also how much you emotionally you know want to do it. And um, you know sometimes you can go crazy, like if you sit at a table for seven days a week for, you know, eight hours or more. And, um, I wish I would have known that to figure out like get a better gauge of how much EV I generate, you know, per week, per month and get a better idea how much money I'd make. Because, you know, I thought in the beginning, like, Oh, I'll just, you know, I can move to Vegas and get, you know, 40 hours a week, no problem. And just chill out, you know? Yeah. What is more closer to reality? Like weekly hours you can expect. In the beginning, I think I was doing like what worked for me in terms of like how much I enjoyed it and like could pull off. I like maybe like maybe 80 hours a month. But nowadays it can be a lot less than that. Um, maybe in terms of tolerance, you know, being lucky and finding a casino that you play for long hours. So much more variable now. But, you know, playing higher stakes um i don't know maybe i might sound bad but maybe you know you only get like 10 hours in a week and uh or less than that so i think it's to maybe be realistic and always under budget i always do it to under budget how many hours you're going to get or the quality of the game you're going to get to figure out how much money you're going to make over the year or the month yeah like when you say 10 hours a week are you doing two by like how much is your top bet right now or when you're getting 10 hours a week Okay, yeah. I go two by a thousand now. A lot better EV than when you're going to two by one fifty. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I ran the numbers. Technically, I could, you know, I've been sizing up um, pretty quickly now. I, I've been getting good variance and like a steady increase. I could go, I think, two by fifteen hundred if I wanted to. But what's what's like your hourly? You think you're getting going two by one thousand? I think minimum I can expect me like. 200 an hour but of course they could go i think with a great game if you go to like a really good game a thousand an hour um but uh oftentimes those places maybe won't let me play that long so realistically maybe 200 300 and an like hour if, if you're going game. if you're going two by one thousand like what kind of swings are you seeing like high and low like the most it's the swings i'm getting are roughly like twenty thousand. so I think I never, I feel bad. I never had a $20,000 session. I had a $19,995 session though. Um, and then I, I think I have, I haven't, I've lost 19,000 one, at one point. Um, <laughs> just so barely on the precipice of 20. Those are the kind of swings you get. <laughs> any, any stories you want to share with us? Yeah, I have a few. I thought, you know, a lot of times, these stories are all a blur and I kind of forget them, but I look through my results and like try to think of like what something happened, what anything unique happened during this session. 
So we have a few of them I could share. Um, the first one actually isn't related to counting. I was doing something else in the casino, but it was I was on a six to five blackjack game doing something else. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. So what happened was um, we were playing and there was going to be a dealer rotation. So this new dealer, I think, was new or just took like a big leave of absence. And the, like, the outgoing dealer told her, okay, this is a six to five blackjack game. Remember, it's six to five. Okay. It's like it's six to five. She's like, okay, I got it. Six to five. And then uh, she comes in, you know, the outgoing dealer leaves and she starts dealing. And then it wasn't uh, blackjacks that got paid six to five. It was any winning hand <laughs> that paid six to five. Oh my God. So if you put like a <laughs> hundred dollar bet out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if I have a hundred dollar bet out, I get paid a uh, hundred and twenty. So I was like, oh my God. And like, this can't last for long. So uh, a couple of things happened. So I was like, hey, what do I do here? It's like, like another decision to make. Okay. Um, let's flat bet two by 75 so they don't call black action. Okay. I was like, okay, that's my plan. And I was going and then it was going good. Like it was a few rounds, everything was going good. And I think one of the, the ploppies, one of the players was about to speak up and say something. I said, I think I gave her a look like, you know, don't like, no, don't just like verbal. I didn't say anything. And she got the hint. <laughs> and then, uh, then what happened is I think I doubled down or something. And then they had to, the woman had to pay me in black. The dealer paid me in black. They mm -hmm. said blackout. And then the pit boss came over. I was like, Oh no, this is over. And the pit boss comes over, looks at it. It's like, yeah, it looks good to me. <laughs> so, uh, that was paid out six to five. So I was like, wow, this is like, maybe I should increase it. Like, you know, maybe go two by 200. So I was like, Hey, buying two by 200. And occasionally the pit boss would come and verify and it's like, looks good. And then I was like, okay, the table max here is 500. We'll just slap it two by 500. <laughs> and then that, that was going good. Everything was going good. And then I think they're on 20 minute rotations. And then, uh, then the next dealer comes in and then she was looking from behind, you know, about to tap her on the shoulder. And she like made a weird look, like when she was paying out six to five on regular hands. And then, um, you know, and then she said, what, what are you doing? It's like this table six to five. It's like, no, that's Did only you just for grab your chips and leave or what? <laughs> so then what happened is the pit boss came over. Like he heard this commotion. He's like, you've been paying, six to five on any winning hand this whole time. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, and then I think then, so I said like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Like nothing happened. Like, you know, it's what it was. And, uh, they didn't take our money back or anything like that. I guess, cause the hands already took place. Oh my gosh. They decided not to do anything. Um, uh, so, and then this lasted about 20 minutes. And now that was that. Yeah. One other story. Um, it was, uh, it was a back off and it was during, uh, right when the casinos opened back up where it was like maybe two or three people per table and there's often a wait for a table. And what happened was it was in the South just when stuff opened up. So it was really, you know, sometimes hard to get a seat and a lot of people, there's competition to get a seat. And I played at a casino with one floppy, one other person, and he saw me get backed off. Um, and, and then I went to another casino, this was a few days later and it was me and another player playing. So there's two seats and they were taken. There was a line behind, behind us. And the next person in line was the person who saw me get backed off the previous casino. And then I'm pretty sure I didn't hear the full conversation, but he went over to the pit boss and it's, I heard the words, um, counting. Um, I think that's what I heard counting. I heard him say that. So I figured maybe what I told him is that I got backed off another casino. Why are you letting him play? And then I think it's probably him. What did it? Then about 10 minutes later, I got backed off. So like he caused the back office when I'm putting together. Oh yeah. Yeah. If, you know, he was waiting to, to get play. that seat at that table so he can lose his money. Yeah. So are you still full time or what, yeah, what do you, what's the future hold for you? Yeah. Still full time. Um, I'm probably, I'm gonna hit the road here again shortly. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of, it. I think I have played 
pretty much every market in the U.S., you know, every state, exception of one or two. But and so I think right now I have played properties twice or three times before, but not not that much. So I pretty much going to start my recycle of uh, the U.S. here and go back some places I haven't been into in years. Um, so I'm excited about that. But like I said before, not don't want to be a road warrior forever. But for now, it's pretty it's fine. So like you it. still hope to settle down, find kind of like community or or whatever, like a local place to be settled, and, and then go on trips here and there, but but not going to stay on the road for for. Uh, do, do you have like a, a deadline, or just kind of going to go by your how you're feeling? No deadline. I think well, par- partially how I'm feeling, and also like um, I have like a number, like a net worth number or a bankroll size number, where it's like okay. I can expect this like huge and you know this increase in expenses i can generate this much ev so i have just like a number where it's like okay i could really feel really comfortable and not really worry at all about paying rent and buying flights and rental cars and still generate some good ev to outpace that so it's a hard number i have um when you're going two by one thousand you're betting pretty your swings are pretty huge how are you avoiding showing your id at all these places you know i think this common sense stuff um i mean sometimes you have to with the CTR, I mean, that's usually what does it. Um, I don't know if I'll just give away everything, but you know, um, like parking off property, maybe avoiding um, the main entrance. May a tip? I'll give a tip. I mean, it might be common stuff and stuff, common sense, and people do it. Is if there's multiple entrances, you maybe use the hotel side entrance to make it look like maybe you're staying there and you've walked in there a million times, and you just you know just avoiding the ID check as best as you can. Sometimes it's unavoidable and they're really strict. Um, so the way I look at it is there's variance with showing your ID. You just, you lay the groundwork for doing the best you can not to show it, but every now and then you're just gonna have to show it. Um, so I try not to stress out too much. I just do everything I can not to. If I have to, I have to. So it does happen. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking some time to share your journey from uh... <laughs> From uh, coming across a YouTube video, how long? How long ago was that? Ten years ago? I think I looked. I think two thousand eight, around twenty one. The movie. So fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago, you get suggested some YouTube video, and then uh, took it took you a, d- a decade to to take a next step. But now you've been full time four years. So thanks for sharing your story, Golden Corral. Pro tip. Two big meals a day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank, thanks for having me. And yeah. And, um, yeah. You both inspired me. And well, thanks for paying it forward to, it to so, other APs. Have a good rest of your day. See ya. All right. See you guys. You too. Thanks.